Welcome to Cleveland Moto, a vintage motorcycle podcast by people who wrench and ride. We'll be bringing you Vin Moto Chat each week, so sit back, relax, and crack a beer. Or play us over the speakers in your shop while working on your latest project. Cleveland Moto, here's your host, Phil Waters. R2 unit is go. Excellent. It's time for another thrilling edition of the Cleveland Moto Podcast. It's Phil and Dustin tonight in the 45 Garage. We're doing this one live from the actual work area of the 45 Garage instead of the studio. Uh, it's worked out so well for us in the past. So uh, exciting to keep doing them from here. I really like it. It's it nice is. to be in the garage, be surrounded by motorcycles and... Uh, Smell of oil, gas. Yeah, it is. And it's got that kind of... It, it gets you into that... that Spirit of being as we come around the uh, come around the spring season now to be back in the game of working on bikes and I can smoke. Mm-hmm. Dustin can smoke as we go. Can't so, smoke in the studio. Not in the studio. Yeah. So it up. Dustin's got a CV750 up on the lift here. What year is this one? Well, it's a merger of years. Uh, the the frame uh, came in as uh, a turd with a seized motor. Uh, kind of hacked up a bit too. Uh, so how I figured out the motor was seized. It was a '74, and uh, somebody had uh, done a nice little head job on it. Instead of removing the motor, they just cut the, the yeah, frame rails out. Two out of the three frame rails is a right. trick. So you could lift the top end of the motor off without taking the motor out of the frame. You cut two out of the three three frame rails. Now, one of the parts of that trick is that you're supposed to put those frame tubes back. And somebody does sell a kit. Right. Yeah. To do that, to put them back. Yeah. Uh, the this the the previous owner of this bike decided not to do that. Yeah. And so. they also decided to use a whole lot of orange RTV on their <laughs> gaskets while putting their motor back together, which I pretty much determined was the death of the motor. They basically glued their motor together, but in the process, did they cover up a an oil port? Uh, I'm not exactly sure what happened because you know they'd obviously ridden the bike enough right. to. To basi- basically annihilate uh, the left side of the, the camshaft. Yeah, completely the, destroy yeah. the left side of the, the left The left cam bearing was just gone. It was just... So you got to be careful when you use RTV or any of the... Uh, and we use, say, RTV, which is a generic term for any of the uh, gasket in a tube type things. You know? Liquid gasket. Liquid gasket. Permatex. Uh, all these things, when you get in there, um, the old rule about a little's good so a lot's better does not hold true. Just skin that stuff on there, and you'll be fine. Uh, you don't need to have a lot of it. A lot of the guys are recommending going with the spray on RTV now. So you can use the, the actual comes in an aerosol can. It's a spray. Mm-hmm. And you can just give it a light fogging. And this way, you know you get that real thin, like, you know, three mil thickness uh, that you're hoping for. Something, I mean, if, if it's thick enough that you can leave a thumbprint in it, it's probably too thick. Well, another thing, too, is to always remember the word anaerobic, mm-hmm. which means that the gasket material, the, the, the sealant itself, doesn't harden all right. the way. Yeah. It doesn't turn into hard glumps Never. of rubber right. that will clog oil ports. Mm-hmm. You know, any little bit that might seep in will, you know, I'll, I'll say hopefully wash away. It's going to go somewhere. Yeah. Right. And you hope it goes into your oil filter right. and, you know, and, and you'll stays never see there. it again. Yep. That's exactly it. And the other thing, too, uh, that I learned, which is a great way to, to apply it, is just to put a tiny dab mm-hmm. on a Q-tip. Oh, yeah. And paint it paint on, onto the gasket. Basically paint it on so it's just a little foggy layer. Sure. And that little foggy layer will do as much sealing as you're going to need for that area that you're going to put it on. 
The uh, so this is this bike's heading for a cafe racer project. It is, and I forgot to mention the other year of the bike is what the motor is. The motor that I actually did rebuild came out of a, a very um, blue, <laughs> very blue uh, CB750 it was a 72. And the motor was nice. Gorba, Gorb is the bartender over at the Spitfire. Oh my god, is that where the bike came from? Yeah, and Gorb has this collection of bike, uh, collection of bike stuff. And Gorb lives in a second or third story walk up in uh, Lakewood. And his Lakewood, Ohio, for the end of Yeah, Lakewood, Ohio. And he, uh, and his garage isn't so much of a garage. Is he's been allowed in his building to take over the stairwell. So the stairwell is this elaborate system of part storage. And you get into the place and you're just looking at now only he knows what's what and where it is. So I went in and I made it was you know, we've all done this. We've all made a deal with somebody over a bar, you know, over at the bar. Mm-hmm. You, you get a beer or two, you get a cocktail in you, and this idea comes up of, you know, you give me eight hundred bucks and I'm gonna give you all the C D seven fifty parts I have. And a complete rolling bike. And so you go, all right. It was it was nearly complete and kind of rolling. Okay, yeah. And you're like, I can't get hurt on this deal. 800 bucks for all the CV750 parts you have. And he's like, and there are multiple motors in this. Okay, there are more. there's more than one motor in this deal. So me being the guy I am, I very rarely get smoked on a deal. I'm like, yeah, let's go ahead, Gorb. Let's, I, I want this deal. I get to his stairwell. And me and James' brother Wayne and Gorb, we load this stuff out of his third story walk up, and like the stuff just keeps coming. So if you need any Honda CD750 parts, I probably got you covered. There's some there's some cool old stuff in there too. And if Phil doesn't have it, I probably have it laying on the floor well, in my garage floor, right now. <laughs> right now, six feet from us. If you if I don't have it, six but, feet from you, about a foot behind me. Yeah, <laughs> my warehouse is turned into my warehouse is turned. We've shelved it. We put all the stuff up on shelves. And I've told Dustin, I've told other people, like, these are the keys to the warehouse. Go over, look at the shelves, grab anything you need, take it, complete your project. Uh, Because there are, there's a a wealth of parts there. But this particular roller had been, I don't know, like, would you say that the color was like a turquoise color? I would say turquoise, yeah. Turquoise? So somebody handed a kid a can of turquoise spray paint and said, paint my motorcycle. Yeah, it was like, Jimmy. (laughs) <laughs> you go paint daddy motorcycle, all right? Well, Jimmy painted the tires. Jimmy painted the sprockets. Jimmy painted the grease on the chain. <laughs> there was not an inch of this bike that was not turquoise. It didn't turquoise. have some overspray of turquoise on it. It was amazing. The fact that that motor looks like it came out of the factory. I mean, that motor looks brilliant just sitting there on a bench. That took a lot of work. I'm sure it did, because <laughs> that is ridiculous. The amount of nooks and crannies on a CD750 motor... Um, you know, they finned everything on that motor. And they didn't they left no surface of that motor unfinned. So the fact that it's sitting over there clean and shiny and looks like it's ready to go into a bike is really awesome. Well, the unfortunate thing about it was under that layer of turquoise yeah. was a layer of black. Oh, so they primed it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know if it was primer or they painted it black and then decided I'm sure to paint it turquoise. Life is black and then it got painted. Yeah, so turquoise. the turquoise was coming off and then the black had to go. I uh, basically what I had to do and, and this is only something to do if you're going to paint your motor. <clears throat> and heed my warning on this. I used oven cleaner. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oven cleaner is not nice yeah, to it's aluminum. It's caustic to aluminum. Yeah, yeah it etches it yeah. badly. It's, 
Yeah. But if you're going to paint it anyway, sure. it's okay. You know. And don't leave it on there for seven or eight days. No, get no. I, I, I left it on for yeah. maybe ten minutes yeah. and I hit it with a power washer. Yeah. Get it on get it off. It'll do a pretty decent job. But that's really cool. So Cafe Racer Project's coming together on the mm-hmm. CD750. That's really neat. And you're planning to have this bike ready for when? Uh, Mods and Rockers. July 7th. This year's going to be July 7th, yep. which is really fun. Cleveland uh, Mods and Rockers. The Cleveland Mods versus Rockers event was a huge success last year. We had so many more people out than we were ready for. Uh, they did this ride. Neil organized a ride that the scooters went one way and the motorcycles went the other way and somehow they synced back up. It was amazing. Like the way they were meant to. It was absolutely amazing. Unbelievable that they hooked that back up again. So really looking forward to it this year. Uh, the big news is that we're going to have a new shop. Uh, we've been working feverishly. That's why there haven't been any podcasts. I know we've gotten your emails. Uh, we've gotten your cards and letters about there not being any podcasts recently. And the reason is we're opening a new shop. Not getting rid of the old Lakewood shop, we're adding a mentor shop. So we'll have a west side shop and an east side shop. The focus on the east side shop will be more motorcycles than scooters, predominantly our vintage uh, restorations of Cafe Racers. I heard it has a really cool name, too. It does. It's called Cleveland Moto. Hey! hey! <laughs> As though somebody saw that coming. Yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, the shop's called Cleveland Moto. We thought it was such a great idea for the uh, for the web address. We thought it would work good as the shop uh, the shop handle as well. So Cleveland Moto for all your uh, all your fun stuff, and the uh, shop's on Menor Avenue. It's uh, just a little bit east of 306. We're not doing a heavy push. This is not an advertisement. We don't ever want it to be an advertisement. This is no, 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 not at all. Uh, we're here to have a great time. The other thing that's they're going to try to do this year because now last year the event was in August. And it was yeah, hot as Oh my god, it was terrible. It was crazy hot. So they're doing it this year, July seventh. So it's going to be the weather will be more moderate. Uh, It's nice. It's 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 pre mid Ohio. It's pre mid Ohio. This is very cool. Which is kind of cool. Yeah. Which we're really excited about that. So I'll actually have some money left before the event. (laughs) Well, (laughs) as as will a lot of the other Mm -hmm. you know vendors and and folks that were courting to come in because to come in and do things. Yeah, I'm I'm actually on the committee with James and uh, and Ben Childs and a bunch of the other guys. Uh, I I was doled out to the the uh, duty of entertainment this year. You're the entertainment coordinator. Yes. Oh, are we gonna have a dunk tank? Well, no, uh, musical entertainment. Oh, musical entertainment. So right. I've, I've been I've been courting a few, uh, you know, rockabilly, rock and cool. roll, you know, good old classic biker music. Yeah, and, and Cleveland has no shortage of great music, so yeah. let's get these guys to work. Well, the great thing, too, is all the bands I'm talking to, they're all into bikes and cars and, oh, yeah. and anything with a, oh, a gasoline engine in it. So. You know, um, Kevin from the 45 Spiders. Oh, yeah. I'm, I, th- I think they're almost a shoo-in. I love these guys. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty really, sure they're doing it. Um, if you're out in podcast land and you want to look up something, look up 45 Spiders. They've got a great garage, surf, tiki, all Amazing. the crap I'm into. Amazing. Uh, I could sit and listen to these guys just loving them. And he also pinstripes bikes. <laughs> and he's done some work for me that you can't believe. Um, just an all-round amazing cat. Like, uh, I didn't really... I guess I didn't appreciate You know, he works in the sewers all day. Yeah, I know. (laughs) (laughs) So he's got kind of the... He's uh, knee-deep in shit. (laughs) Right, he's knee-deep in shit all day long. And then comes back and turns out some of the most amazing paint uh, striping. And he carves tiki gods. I mean, he's a fucking renaissance man. Uh, So, good for him. 
So I'd uh, love to see the 45 Spiders come out. Well, I, I just love that he's into the whole moto culture. Yeah, he is. And his band plays, you know, music that the whole moto culture is into. So, yeah. you know, these guys will be up there on stage playing, and you know that they they love every machine that is out there in the yeah. parking lot. They're probably going to be more interested in checking out the bikes and the people yeah. and the just the culture there. You know, they're going to run up and do their set. And, yeah. And he's and, got a cool Ford Stratoliner, <coughs> uh, which is just a gorgeous push-button convertible car. Dude's but, got about eight cool cars. Yeah, he does. <laughs> and yeah. it's funny because he... Uh, I. You know, I'm totally gay. I'm sorry. I'm totally Camaro. Yeah, Camaro. For, uh, yeah, That's right. We totally forgot about that. Camaro, Camaro. For, uh, <clears throat> for 60s and 70s Econolines. And he's another guy that's got a, a really sweet... Well, know, that's his band van. Early 70s. They Econoline. haul all their gear know, to the gig in that brilliant, that yeah. beautiful van. Yeah, I love that stuff. Yeah, so, what, I mean, he's... I even hired him. I mean, I'm sure we brought this up before, but I, I do work in commercial production. I, I've rented cars off of him. For, oh yeah, for commercials. For commercials. Oh yeah, oh, it's fantastic. Yeah, so that's cool. I mean, that's one of the fun things about it. We're, we're all kind of looking forward to our Mods versus Rockers event as well. The uh, there's, I mean, obviously every city has got something going on. If your city doesn't have something going on, make it happen because there's, make your own Mods and Rockers. Make your own Mods versus Rockers. Yeah, Mods versus Rockers. One, it's it's easy. It. Yeah, I mean, it's it is the most overplayed thing on the planet, but it is a lot of fun and. You have people in your town that ride vintage scooters, and you have people in your town that ride vintage motorcycles, and those two people desperately want to hang out together. So, absolutely, I, I already have. I've got a couple guys from Detroit coming down for this. They're staying at my oh, house. Yeah. Cool. I've got a whole crew. Were these uh, do the ton guys? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Really? Mike, uh, big Mike, Mike Catalano. <laughs> they came down last year. <laughs> yeah, they did. They he, did he's that, coming yeah. down. I think he's bring, he's bringing someone else. I've got about five guys from Pittsburgh already signed up, ready to go. All oh, right, that's they're, cool. they're rolling in. And I was starting to get a little worried. I'm like, oh, hey, look, uh, I, don't, I don't have that much space at my house. But the Pittsburgh guys are like, oh, no, we're cool. We're, we're, we're going to rent a hotel room close to the, to the venue. You know, and actually, it's a really smart thing to do because it gives totally. you, a, you know, ground zero base to operate from. Somebody had said this year they're talking about having the motorcycles launch from the east side shop from Menor and having <gasps> the scooters launch from the west side and then meet up in the middle at, like, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame or something. The only thing that sucks about that is I have to leave my house earlier in the morning to, to get, get the east all the way to Menor. Yeah. <laughs> I know I'm on a scooter. That's the way it works. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it might be a scooter day for me. Man. Oh shit! I could leave from Pride of Cleveland and Lakewood, or I could ride all the way to Menor. Right. I think that might. Yeah. Realistically, I think that might be a scooter morning for me too. Yeah. I'm just gonna put a leg shield on the 750. On the 750. Yeah. It's a scooter. It's a scooter. No, really. Oh, it's totally cool. That's fine. But um, we can't step through it. Okay. Bullshit. Oh, I will tell you. There's plenty of scooters these days you can't step through. <laughs> no so kidding. that whole step through thing is no longer mandatory. The, uh, well, and it means nothing to the state of Ohio a scooters, a yeah. motorcycle. Yeah, they all they all count for the same thing. Uh, one of the things I wanted to tell you about, I always try to do a little bit of research before we do a podcast to bring some something new and exciting. Okay, Bajaj in India, we remember uh, those guys. Bajaj. Scooters, right? Mm-hmm. Well, they don't do scooters anymore, right? They're done. The Cheetex, dead and gone. Four stroke. That, that sucks. Right. That's it's sad. A, right, That's it's sad. very sad. Okay. So, but who's in bed with Bajaj? Do you know? And what are they making? KTM. Get out. I know. Same thing Get I said. Get out. KTM is in bed with Bajaj. And guess what they're producing? Motards? Oh, yeah. They're producing a 125 Duke. Really? A Duke 125. Get out. They're producing a Duke 200. Are you going to sell these? I... Well, I, it will not be handled by the same U.S. distributor that, uh, sorry, Al, went out of business. Uh, <coughs> it's it's not 
there's no U.S. distributor. But the point is that the collaboration between KTM and Bajaj has resulted in uh, obviously lower production costs for KTM. Mm-hmm. So they are still producing. You know, I mean, for people who don't know, look it up. Uh, you know, this podcast comes with a healthy dose of Google. Uh, if, you hear us, <laughs> True. if you hear us say something you don't know about, pause, look it up on Google, come back. Uh, the Duke KTM manufactured a super motard, 490 and 610 cc's, called the Duke, and it was just a wild bike. And I've ridden them, and I love them, and they're just, they're fun. I mean, they're, they're is, on they're on my bucket list of bikes. Yeah, just, I, I will own one someday. Yeah, and just get the motorcycle <clears throat> and take your driver's license to the city you live in. Hand it to the chief of police and say, I'm going to give this to you now. Right? <laughs> uh, because it is a wheelie and stoppy machine. So, the KTM and uh, Bajaj are hooked up. And, you know, Bajaj is, I think, second or third largest manufacturer um, being sold in India. So, mm-hmm. I mean, they represent millions of bikes. Right, right. Uh, they cannot deny that. And so what they're doing is they're doing the KTMs for their upmarket or their upscale buyers, and they're doing what's called the Pulsar for their downmarket or you know lower income buyers. Why does Pulsar ring a bell? Well, because Bajaj has been building Pulsars uh, for years, and usually okay. they were on uh, a shared platform with Kawasaki or Honda or something like right. that. Because Bajaj has been an original equipment manufacturer for a number of different companies, as we know from their experience with Vespa, Vespa all in that, the 60s. Yeah. Yeah. So the <clears throat> Pulsar has been a name that they've been kicking around for a long time. And as the Indian market has become more affluent, and I hate to use the term affluent when talking about the Indian folks, I mean, technology's come to the country. They're earning more money. They're building malls. Like they actually know. build Royal Enfields not on a dirt floor anymore. Right. They build Royal Enfields that have the key and fuel injection yeah. systems. They have concrete. Right? And paoli suspension. I mean, this is pretty <laughs> kick-ass stuff. Uh, they really do build positive things now. And their economy has gone up as a result of that. So their average rider does not really want to ride a scooter anymore. They want to ride motorcycles. The motorcycles of choice have always been small displacement motorcycles. But now the buyers of motorcycles in India have become, uh, well, you know, moneyed up enough to purchase these larger displacement vehicles. So I guess that's why Harley's got a factory over there. Harley's building, yeah. Harley's building in (laughs) India, yeah. Because there's a market there. There's millions of riders in that country, and that's an exciting thing. So the idea of somebody somewhere having a Duke 125, which is hilarious, um, or a Duke 350, uh, these are all. I mean, we always talk about there aren't enough. Small bore fun motorcycles. Right. I mean, that's it's. We all love it. You you admit I can I can ride a 140 horsepower motorcycle every day, and it's it can be tedious. It can be too much bike for the job. If I rode a 140 horsepower motorcycle mm-hmm. to work every day, yeah, yeah. My my 20 hour, or, uh, I'm sorry, 20 mile, <laughs> 20 hour. <laughs> that would that would suck. <laughs> My 20 mile commute to work on right. 140 horsepower yeah. would be awful. Because well, yeah. I would I would probably never get out of second gear. There's traffic, right? right. But you but take my a my 25, yeah, and they're all hoot. Or even my my Honda 350, right. Honda 350. It's a scream. Yeah, it's a I love it. Traffic. So this is an interesting thing for you people that like the YouTube. Uh, type in uh, 125 Duke 
125 KTM Duke into your YouTube and uh, stand back. You can also go to MotorcycleMCN.com. Uh, they have a great story about that up right now. And the fun thing is they are using the style of commercials that we will not allow in America. I love this. I watched these YouTube videos today. And there's a guy in Japan on a Duke violating every known traffic law in traffic. Okay? Front wheel, airborne. One second later, back wheel, airborne. Well, because that never happens in America. Rolling burnouts. Literally, you know, walking the back end out. Just beautiful. I mean, hooking it up. On city streets in traffic in Japan, as the as he goes by his geishas and they're like, oh, they're you know, it's so fantastic. Nice. So it's really cool. So definitely download it. You'll you'll thank me for recommending it. The uh, but that that's exciting to see. Bajaj is going to be producing stuff with KTM, and we're going to get some downsize or down market KTMs and some up market Bajajes. Which is a great combination. It's good well, to see companies getting together. Slightly more affordable ATMs too, or KTMs. KTMs. Yeah. Um, yeah, ATMs. Because <laughs> uh, not that they're they're not really a pricey motorcycle. They're not super expensive. It was just one of those things that there was always the feel that there was a limited availability, and to me at least, it felt a little bit like there was, uh, you know, and we have KTM here in Amherst, Ohio. Mm-hmm. So we could actually, you know, I've gone over there and checked those Wesley, guys out. Did yeah. They? yeah, yeah, and I've gone and checked them out, and they're really cool. But there was always this kind of thing about, like, you know, what are they? Are they Austrian? Are they Austrian? Are they American? What the heck is going on with that company? And I had heard rumors that KTM was going to go in with Harley Davidson. I heard rumors that he is sung was going to go in with Harley Davidson. All kinds of different things coming out. But what has definitely happened is KTM and Bajaj are partnered up, and that's for reals. So, uh, really, good for them, man. Yeah, That's, good for them. Yeah, it's going to be fun to have some of those cool motorcycles out there because there's more to life than the current offering in the United States, at least, of small bore motorcycles. Oh, uh, absolutely. I mean, we got the Japanese Big Four, right? And we are getting some cool stuff out there, and I like seeing stuff that's going to compete. Honda's done a great job with its CDR 250, mm-hmm. being a fuel injected small motorcycle. It looks great, feels great, uh, really. Uh, a beautiful machine. The Ninja now is fuel injected. Thank God they brought that, you know, to our <laughs> yeah. country. So <laughs> finally brought it to the 21st century. Right. But in the world of cafes or standards, you know, not everybody wanted to ride a Honda Rebel. So hats off to guys like Cleveland Cycle Works who are bringing in that 250 Misfit. Hats off to people that are the 250 Misfit is wicked cool. It's very cool. <laughs> It yeah, is. It's, I it's, I finally threw my leg over one yesterday. It fits, doesn't it? It fits great. It's it is yeah. a really. I I rode the heist. Yeah. And now, did you get to ride the sim the SYM Wolf one fifty? I did not. Okay, because it was too small. Yeah. It. I I got to throw a you leg over it. it. It was too. It was too tiny. Like it's the geometry of the motorcycle. I'm six foot six foot one, and the SYM Wolf felt like a bike built for somebody five four. Yeah, I'm maximum. I'm five ten. Right. I sat on the I sat on the wolf and I thought like, wow, this would be fun. This little pea shooter. Yeah. yeah. But uh, the the misfit way better. The misfit feels bigger than a Honda CB two hundred. So it feels between a CB two hundred mm-hmm. and a CB three fifty. The fit and finish on it is, the fit is a lot better. Is very good, and the upside yeah. down forks are really nice. Yeah, so I really like really the upside nice. down forks. I like 
a lot of the attention to detail he put into the bike. Now at the shop we got the one with the cafe racer bars on it, got the Clubman's on it. We got that stainless steel pipe that HMF makes. That's the one I was sitting on yesterday. Oh god, that pipe sounds so good. Uh, that exhaust took the, I mean the bike came with a stupid, you know, EPA legal, oh awful, awful pipe on it. We don't need any of that. We don't need any of that. And we took that thing off and before the motorcycle show, we uh, got this pipe from HMF that is just beautiful stainless steel, megaphone pipe. And I don't know if he's calling it the do the ton pipe or what name he's got for it, the ton up pipe. Is he going to have him done? Yeah, I mean, this is going to happen. I mean, this is, is for real. Um, he's using HMF. He's going to use a different, uh, you know, as a manufacturer, it's very sticky sometimes when you deal with performance parts. So... Performance parts, accessories, things that are not DOT or EP approved. Yeah, you got to be careful with that stuff, and I totally respect him uh, and companies like HMF for building great products for bikes. And H- HMF has been nonstop. Hans's crew has been everything they've turned out for us has been gold. We've got the Bajaj pipe you did. Oh, and the Mad the, the Mad S pipe, right. which is just legendary. Everybody loves that thing. So I heard you sell a lot of those in Australia. Australia is Australia. Australia. yeah. our number one client for the fact that they have to put an additional hundred dollars onto every pipe for shipping. To get it to Australia, and they pay it willingly, and they love it, and they love the bite. So, but that's cool. I mean, it's a you know that's what kind of work HMF does. The uh, Hans oh, Motofabrik. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If they'd only make that Mad S five hundred, that yeah, that prototype yeah. thing with the Royal Enfield motor. Man, I mean, that okay, would be cool. That prototype was a. If you look it up, Sox S A C H S Mad S five hundred prototype. Uh, the the Mad S 125 is what it is. It's it's a 125 play bike. That's fine. But the Mad S 500 prototype is <coughs> this hollow aluminum twin spar frame. You could look down just in front of your testicles. You could look down between the twin spars of the frame, which were the fuel cell. And you could see the head of the motorcycle, and they used a Royal Enfield motor, like an old AVL-style motor. Ooh, yeah. Not even a unit motor. Oh, really? A pre-unit motor, uh, five-speed pre-unit, with the big old knucklehead uh, style. But that motor put out, you know, a cranking 18 horsepower or something. It was more of a... 500 cc. Yeah, 500 cc is 18 horsepower. It was more of a styling exercise. Yeah, it really. It did look beautiful to have this 50s lump hanging off of this brilliant I mean you can't even call it a trellis frame it was an organic hollow aluminum frame it was brilliant uh, so that was really cool if you look up that photo for a Sox Madass 500 prototype you will be impressed it, it's beautiful and if they used to keep it in the same family you know you could use any of the Rotax 500 or 600 motors. True. And if you want the look, you could use a modern Royal Enfield motor with fuel injection and have some legitimate horsepower and torque there. That should bolt in there. Well, I mean, the whole thing's vaporware anyway. I mean, they made one. (laughs) But it was beautiful. Oh, God. It was. It just made you want to ride it. It's, everything about it looked way too cool for school. You sent me that link the one yeah. time, and oh, I, I had to go God. look at it. it. Was just like, oh, I need, I need a moment. I'm having mm-hmm. a crisis. The, uh, the I, I spent plenty of time in the saddle on a madass. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, that's, <laughs> that's that's pales in comparison <laughs> to the amount of time you spent on a madass riding one time on that, yeah, across that the country. Oh my God. The uh, there's a lot of. Uh, there's a lot of cool stuff. We talk about riding our bikes and <clears throat> riding for distance and the kind of 
riding that everybody does, which is just to get to point B. I mean, we all start at point A. We know where our bike is. It's in our garage. Mm-hmm. You know, it's where it is. We need to get to point B. Uh, there's a cool thing that I found for all of you people that have a phone that can use the apps. So that's pretty much everybody now, right? Like all yeah, the phones, really. like the droids and all that crap, right? iPhone, droid, iPhone, whatever. Droids. So there's this app, and it's from uh, it's from MCN, and the app is called Ride Logger. Okay, and uh, so that's uh, that's that's Ride Logger, and what is it like a pocket? It's dino a pocket or dyno kind of app, and what you can do is you can take your uh, you can take your little smartphone, your, and I use an iPhone four. And you can download this thing. Now it's pricey. It's seven ninety nine. Now Oh my god, seven ninety nine. This is the joke. I'm talking to my wife earlier and I was like, this is the most expensive app I've ever bought. It's seven ninety nine. Meanwhile, the uh, the funny thing is I've never purchased anything in my life for my motorcycle that was only seven ninety nine. Right? Ever. Yeah, really. There's not a single part on my bike that costs seven ninety nine. So I have this uh, I have this thing that I ran on our uh, on my way over here. So I turn this thing on, and uh, it lets you put in what type of bike you have. It lets you put in all this different data about what you're on. Okay. So you you could put like displacement. Yeah. uh, So like uh, the motorcycle I rode over here today was a Toyota Tundra (laughs) 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 on Pirelli Scorpion tires. Uh, The weather conditions were mostly moist, (laughs) and uh, it was uh, 14 degrees centigrade. So it unfortunately doesn't centigrade. Nah, that's. But yeah, we'll live with that. But one of the cool things is, is it gives you uh, my top speed on the way over here was 61.5 miles per hour. From your house? Yeah. Down Lake Road? Yep. Uh, uh, to the listeners, Phil lives about a mile away from me. <laughs> so that's okay. So he hit 61 miles per hour right. a mile away from me. My, Amazing. Uh, my top acceleration was 0.3 Gs. Nice. My top deceleration was 0.4 Gs. So that tells the, You're hitting the break audience. Well, I tried it. I wanted to see what would happen. Oh, you brake checked. I nice. stabbed it. Yeah. Nice. So that tells you that the Toyota Tundra will decelerate faster than it accelerates. Uh, okay. The distance I traveled was 1.7 miles because I did go to the convenience store. And uh, the duration of the trip was seven two miles, 7.2 miles because I did buy the Yingling in the case of Miller. <coughs> did, and do it, we have to put the link on uh, on the blog here to your toy, your this very Toyota Tundra that Phil's yes. talking about? On the Bonneville Salt Flats? On the Bonneville Salt Flats, 112 yeah. miles an hour we, before the computer with two scooters in the back. Yeah, we did. And, and uh, Renee. And Renee yeah. shooting the video. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. We, we, we should probably post that link. But the cool <laughs> thing about this app is that on the app, you see there's a map there, right? Oh, nice. Okay, and so the map, you can click on various portions of the map and determine uh, where you were and at what speed. So this is the fun oh, part that's about this. Isn't that cool? You can actually scroll along with your thumb, and you can say, okay, going down Lake Road, you can actually see my speed as I went along. Oh, you stabbed it right there. Oh, I stabbed the hell out of yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, okay. And then when I do my turns, you can also see what Gs I was braking at. And so you can actually pick little portions of the road. And now, we're not saying that anyone would use this for any sort of competition. No. Never. never. No. no. Not at all. Never. Never. But what I could do is I could say that, well, on this given piece of road from point A to point B, I could record this and send this to any other person that was using this, and we could compete virtually. On that 
Oh. <laughs> there needs to be a Facebook, like a social media tie-in for this. Ah, really Had cool. A huh? Facebook app. You press the button share, and it goes to your email, your Facebook, Get out, it or does. your Facebook so it does. <laughs> Oh, shit. It's on. It's, it's on. on. <laughs> so now you can virtually drag race. And the problem with drag racing, it's a 12-point offense. You're going to lose your license. Well, you're not drag racing. You're, you're not drag racing. Because there's no other car. There's nobody else there. No, you're just speeding. I just happen to be where I happen to be. Yeah. And the interesting thing now, I'm once, of course, when you get this app, you're going to click through a thousand. There's a big thing that reads like a... That, that reads pretty good about... Uh, Please don't do this. Okay. This application, <laughs> this application is intended for use by experienced riders at tracks or similar facilities. You should never install the app or use the app in any way, including to enter or to receive information while operating your motorcycle. Oh, sure. You should observe safe riding practices at all times and obey all speed limits and other applicable laws and regulations. Failure to pay full attention to the operation of your motorcycle could result in death. Serious injury or property damage. The app is to be used at your own risk, and you agree to waive and to indemnify Bauer Media against any and all claims relating to or arising from your use or installation of this app. Oh, of course. Yeah. I agree. Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Agreed. That's, that's how it works. And uh, that's the wonderful thing about this. I mean, this is a thing you can get for your iPhone. Yes. You know, eight bucks. And I can literally take my drive to work every day. I, I know that I do my drive to work right. every single day. And now I can record how quickly am I going through that turn mm-hmm. or how efficiently am I getting from point A to point B. Uh, what's my time to work? What's my maximum speed? What's my maximum G's for braking? What's my <laughs> maximum acceleration? Nice. All of a sudden, my 13-mile commute to work just became a 13-mile GP circuit. Oh man, I need to buy that. <laughs> eight, eight bucks is it? That's eight bucks is a small price. Yeah, to pay I will do that to then be able to compete with your friends. Well, because my <laughs> when you know when it is motorcycle riding season. Oh yeah, I have a twenty mile yeah, commute 20 to mile work. Commute to work. Yep. And I ride every fucking possible day I can. Mm. Oh hell yeah. And, and I'm always like in my head trying to time myself. Oh, yeah. I look at when I leave right. and I look at when I show up. I'm like, oh, hey, I shaved off a minute. Right. But, you know. But that's, that's savage. Yeah. I mean, that's what our ancestors could do. You could do I that know. with the Now I can do it with this right. app. And now we got an app to tell us what our maximum G's were on acceleration and deceleration. <gasps> you know, it's I similar to it. that damn progressive thing. Mm-hmm. And we talked the about this. The tattletale, right? Yeah. We talked about this on another yeah, podcast. Big Brother. But this is Big Brother for good, not evil. Yeah. Oh. That's true. But we did talk about having something like that yeah. make you drive more like an asshole. Oh, well, we said that with the progressive thing, it would mm-hmm. make you drive better than better. you normally did. But, but if you this, had that for yourself, oh you would drive God. more like a dick. This is now devil and angel on each shoulder, right? Oh, devil yeah. Devil on one shoulder, angel on the other. This has become the devil on my shoulder. Tell me I'm not going to go out and try to crush my G's of acceleration. Yeah. Well, and beat your speed from the previous day. Well, and how many motorcycles do I own? It's too many? Okay, and you can put them all in here? <laughs> Come on, man. Oh, good This is going to be fun. <laughs> I am in. Yeah. This is going to be a whole new world of, you know, a literal, you know, jackassery. Yeah, and yeah. to the uh, developers of that app, um, mm. yeah, we'll give you a PayPal account later that you can... <laughs> Give us our our five percent of, I just want enough of the cover. profits you're gonna yeah. make. From I just us want enough to this. cover my first ticket. Yeah, <laughs> That's really. All I want, man. 
I just want enough to just make me feel good on my first. No, with that in my pocket, I will drive like a, a complete ass. Oh my god! <laughs> on a motorcycle, even worse. It's worse. I will. It, it will it's be a race very mode. dangerous. Thing. Yeah. yeah, it's it's like press. Yeah, it's like pressing the pursuit mode button. Yeah, yeah. it's it, yeah. it'll be the Isle of Man Lake Erie edition. Oh, you know, god. it's a really bad thing to know about. So yeah, we just have to. Yeah, pay up your health insurance. <laughs> That's so, it's such a bad scene. But I was so happy to find it. I was like, oh my god, this is brilliant. Because even when I was a kid in high school, you know, I had a Dodge Omni. What a piece of crap that was. I had a Ford Escort, oh, which is... Da- oh, my dad busted my chops. We could debate which car was crappier. Well, I had a stopwatch on a piece of Velcro on my dashboard. You right. win. In, 19, in 1986. <laughs> and so in 1986, I had a stopwatch on a piece of Velcro on my dashboard. And my dad <coughs> borrowed my car one day. And my Ooh, dad tube. 100% busted me out. My dad said, you don't put a stopwatch on your car unless you're breaking the law. You don't put a stopwatch on your car unless you're running. And my big deal was I used to run through the metro parks on the east side, down by Squire's Castle. And I would just rail on it, and I had myself a little set course, all twisties, really fun for a front-wheel nice. drive Econobox. Sure. And I would go railing through that thing, and I could get through a certain section of the Metro Parks in about three minutes and 14 seconds. You know, and that was mm. on, I used to deliver pizzas for a living, and uh, that was on my way to work. And I would take the, the way through the Metro Parks, and uh, I got busted out big time by my dad. Now, I also fed that car into the woods on more than one occasion. Snuck it out, and nobody knew about it. I had more than my fair share of speeding tickets for a Dodge Omni. <laughs> you know? Uh, but had I had this level of technology... Oh, my God, I mean, this yeah. is space-shuttle space level of technology. Like kids these days. To, oh, yeah. Uh, they don't understand. God, yeah. Who needs to drag race against somebody else? I can we had stopwatches. and I could throw it to uh, my Facebook and, you know, have a dick-waving contest with that. So, oh, yeah, so happy. It's the coolest app ever. Yeah. That's pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really cool. And then the other thing, we were at the Indie Dealer Expo, and one of the cool things we found at the Indie Dealer Expo was a company called Ram, R-A-M, and they make various different mounts for your handlebars. Oh, yeah, Ram mount. Ram mounts, mm-hmm. right? And you can mount anything. And uh, I used to not say you could mount anything to your handlebars with the Ram mount because I hadn't been to their booth at the Dealer Expo. But now that I've been to their booth... On a set of handlebars, they had probably 26 ram mounts installed. And they had a, a, a gun holder with a holster. Well, that's used with a 9mm in it. Uh, totally. And among, but what the coolest one they had was they had one that just had uh, spring loaded arms and four pins that literally do the claw on your iPhone. Nice. Right? And so we all know that hero cameras are kick ass, right? Everybody likes the, the hero GoPro. GoPros and all that stuff. Yeah. But and they're so, expensive. They're expensive. And you already own your iPhone. You own your damn phone. Yeah. You own your smartphone. And it shoots fucking great video. And it shoots really good video. Yeah. So you can put your camera on your handlebars, your I'm sorry, your phone on your handlebars, put it in this really sweet RAM mount that they got, and it's like fifty bucks. And aim that sucker forward and you can reach up and push that record button. And now For you can shoot bucks, hero I'm videos. It. Yeah. From your face. So yeah, you know the shop ordered a bunch of those. Uh, oh hell yeah! Yeah, that's cool. I mean, that's a cool product. And now you've got this thing's kind of shooting straight ahead. Well, so you, you, know. you always have your phone slash video camera with you. Yeah. And I so, mean, what does it what does it take on a nice right. day? You're gonna go through some nice. You know, go for a ride. Nice just road. go, go hit hit, hit the button. Shoot go. a fun little video. Right. Because I mean, it could be. I mean, that could be the next 
awesomely cool video that we're all downloading. You know, how cool would it have been to have that when we ran through the dragon? Oh my gosh! You know, shoot a, you know, shoot a couple of five yeah, minute do, videos. Do, do, yeah. <laughs> which section? <laughs> which section? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the dragon was only about fourteen miles of nine thousand turns. <laughs> we did fourteen miles or whatever on the or eleven miles is what the official sorry, dragon is. We need to pull over for a second. I'm getting tired of turning. Yeah. <laughs> and then we did Chellahala Moon or Moonshiners, then mm. Chellahala. We we clocked 150 miles. It was a 150 day. mile day. It was a yeah. 150 mile day on 400 cc's and 350 cc's bikes. What and was the elevation we got to? A lot. I mean, we went through all of them. We, we were went about through 3,000 feet. <laughs> we went through clouds. We drove through clouds. We drove through clouds. We drove through rain. Yeah. We um, we all experienced that awesome lean condition. Yeah. Uh, when boy, when I thought my bike was broken. Yeah. <laughs> when we all thought our bikes were broken. <laughs> I was like, man, I broke my motorcycle. <laughs> This, well, this. I lost you and Shane. I was yeah. on my own for a minute, oh, yeah. and all the other guys were way oh, the hell behind man. me. My CB400F felt like a moped. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, it felt, seriously, I was doing everything I could to hold 60 on the straights and pull, you know, 45 through the hills and the turns. And I was just like, what did I do wrong to this bike? Because we are flatlanders, man. Right. We're not used to elevation changes. And that wussy little, you know, 3,000 foot elevation change. People in Denver deal with that stuff daily. How sad would you be to own a motorcycle in Denver? Oh, God. Oh, my God. Start out life with 30% less horsepower and then go down as you go up in elevation. Oh, terrible. Well, I, I was running, I mean, I have wide open velocity stacks on my bike, yeah. and we hit the rain oh, when we hit God. the elevation. Oh, awful. And, and I, I thought it was. I'm sucking in water. Yeah, I figured for sure. I figured I was hydrolocking. Yeah. You know, I'm like, oh shit, I'm done. I took that particular motorcycle because that particular motorcycle has a windshield, well, bullet fairing. Yeah. And it has an airbox. So I figured having an airbox, like a proper factory airbox, and having a bullet fairing on this trip could be paramount. And they sure. both came in fucking handy, especially considering I had a front fender. That's true. I, I did not. <laughs> and I had the stripe up the front of me to prove it. Oh, yeah. That, that was a serious wet-ass ride. We, we pulled over that one stop on the Chellahola. Yeah. Uh, when I, I caught up to you and Shane, and then 20 minutes later, everyone, everyone else caught yeah, up to yeah. us. Yeah, they were... And then we all had that, that huge discussion of, like, wow, was your bike leaning out, too? <laughs> like, when I, when I thought that I was, I was sucking in water, I'm like, oh, shit, I'm done. Yeah. Is, that's when I looked up and I saw the, the sign that said... Your elevation is now like twenty eight hundred and fifty six yeah, yeah. feet, yeah. and I'm like, oh, I'm leaning out. Yeah, it was one of those moments where we all had that group awareness where whatever gremlin had stolen thirty percent of my horsepower had got yours too, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then everybody did the same thing. We were all looking down at our fuel taps. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we we're like, oh man, I can't already be on a reserve. We just yeah, no way. Stop. Well, except for the guy that had the bike that could get about eighty miles. Yeah, or was it? Was that what he had? It was a yeah. It was a GS. Yeah, it was. A GS. GS 1000. Yeah, but he yeah. cut the tank and flipped. Well, he, he'd put the freaking arm dents in it. <laughs> he, he didn't put knee dents in. He put like he, elbow. He did put arm, forearm shoulder, dents. forearm, knee dents. In yeah, it. put put an extra. But reduce reduce his fuel capacity from probably three and a half, four gallons. Well, to Mike from Detroit, a gallon Mike, and a half. Yeah, Mike Catalano had had been his, uh, you know, on road fuel tanker for a while. <laughs> he'd yank a fuel line and dump, you know. Half a gallon or so into his. Cl- but that did work <laughs> remarkably well. I mean, he stretched his range a long mm-hmm. way because of that. So they, uh, yeah, I think that 
you know, I'd love to see that Dragon Run repeated. That was a great crew of people. That, that was out. amazing. It was a lot of fun. It was, it was one a good of my time. Best, best rides. <clears throat> definitely best ride of the year last year. Was that? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Good time. The. Uh, with a lot of the uh, a lot of the events that are coming up this year, it's going to be tough for me with the new shop being open. I'm, you know, all of a sudden we became shorthanded. <laughs> so if you're an if you're an aspiring mechanic and you would like to turn wrenches for a living, contact me. Uh, I I would love to help you out more, yeah. but I'm stuck at my jabby job and and. Well, I got a lot going on here in the garage. So you thought you were going to get laid off, and you ended up getting a promotion instead. I know, yeah. <laughs> what the hell? I was kind of thinking, like, boy, it'd be nice to get laid off, get laid 18, off go work in, eighteen work months bikes. of unemployment, and just go work for Phil. Work but bikes. but yeah, you end up getting a promotion. Yeah, that yeah funny. Uh, whatever. That shows. That's just that's hilarious. They're paying me more, or whatever. Right. That's exactly. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. You get. <laughs> no, I'll be out eventually. You know, laid out. You're you're laid off. Now you get a raise. Oh man. I know, I know. People look at me, the uh, giant fucking beard and everything, and they're okay. like, "They're like, you work in a corporate setting?" I'm no, like, you're Amish. I'm like, "Yeah, I, I, I do. Why?" And they're like, "They let you look like you do." I'm like, "Whoa, whoa hey, 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 come on, hey, hey, what are you talking?" You know. About? But the the fact is, I'm a recording engineer. I sit right. in a recording studio yeah. all day long. Yeah. Nobody goes back there. You sit in a small room and somebody throws you a sandwich. Yeah. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> well, I no, really, they don't. They don't give me a sandwich. I have to go get my own. Oh man, you know. But the uh, there's some new stuff coming out that's pretty interesting. The uh, you know we've been talking about some Moto Guzzi stuff. At our shop, and we're I like bringing, that. Yeah, we're bringing in the Moto Guzzi line, mostly because they've modernized to the point where they've got a really good fuel injection system. Uh, there's a couple of bikes in their lineup, like the V7 Cafe Racer, V7 Classic, that we really think are beautiful motorcycles. Just I saw those like gorgeous. three years ago at the motorcycle show, and yeah. I sat on the bike. And, and there was, was a white like, one with oh, a red and blue stripe. Yeah. And it was so like what we needed. We needed a good standard honest motorcycle and this is a, a platform that they've had for years so it's well proven and then the bike that I've always liked and I've had this like guilty pleasure for or this guilty lust for is a bike called the Grizo or Grizo yeah and I just think these motorcycles are just beautiful I think they just look are like, you getting those too oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know what I'm gonna be a Moto Guzzi dealer just so I can have a Grizo to ride yeah, uh, I think that motorcycle, you know, 100 plus horsepower, big, you know, sideways V-twin shaft drive. Well, you uh, just remember the parking lot that I park at yeah. downtown. Yeah. I get a lot of views. I get a lot of views. Because <laughs> yeah, every time I ride a bike down there, I park it right by the front. Yeah. And they've got some items in their thing, like the Stelvio, uh, which is their, like, uh, almost a sport tour and the Norje, mm-hmm. and that's a very much a, a competition with the BMW touring bikes. And maybe those things won't be a, as good of a fit for our shop with mm-hmm. sort of our vintage bike vibe. Those won't fit in as well. But I think that V7 Cafe Racer is just beautiful. I think, I think you're going to sell the well. hell out of those. Yeah, and the motor works. And I think that the Griso is going to appeal to a certain, you know, maybe a higher-end guy who wants a... Ah, that bike just looks... I don't know. It looks burly. It looks great, and I've ridden them. Uh, I went out to Costa Mesa to uh, Moto Guzzi training, and I went out there for a few days and got to go through the bikes and really was impressed by uh, by the way those bikes uh, feel. Like well, there, have, There's a pedigree. They have it. a character to them as well, so it's really kind of a neat thing, and Moto Guzzi's have always kind of had a, a neat thing. I think back to that cake song 
uh, <laughs> rock and roll lifestyle. Yeah. Whereas like, uh, you know, how will you afford <laughs> your rock and roll right. lifestyle? And one of the things he says is like, you know, um, how did you buy that bad moto Gucci? I, like, I always love that line. It's like, how did you buy? How did you afford that bad moto Gucci? And that's funny because that's from someone that knows. Right. Right. It's pretty pretty interesting. And then you know, Ewan McGregor is a big fan of the moto Gucci's as well. Uh, it's just kind of a neat a neat piece. And uh, you know, Billy Joel. Uh, no. Uh, yeah. Obviously. Oh yeah. 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 He likes the he likes the Gucci's as well. You know, a uh, friend of mine that he uh, actually just pulled the trigger and bought a Stella off you. Okay, who's that? Uh, his name's Dave. Oh, excellent! Yeah. Very cool. Dave Genson. Yeah, yeah. I've excellent. Known him since high school. Oh my god! He he cool. swore the other day he saw Motoguchi pulling out of your shop. Well, he did. <laughs> so, yeah, and and yeah. he almost yeah. stalled his purchase of the Stella, <laughs> thinking, "Wait a minute, I should buy the Motoguchi." Yeah, but yeah. his uh, his his wife actually talked him down. And was like, yeah. "Look, if you're going to get into this, yeah. I want you to start on the scooter." Yep. Yeah. And then if you want, because originally he he wanted a heist. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. He wanted the bobber, you know. Yeah, so and then bar bobber. His wife talked him into the Stella. Oh cool. And uh, then he saw the Mudaguti and was just like dying. <laughs> <coughs> but his wife was just like, I want you to get the scooter first. Yeah. Get the Stella. You know what? Yeah. And then if, some... if you want to continue on with two wheel riding, then you can get a Mudaguti next. And, and they're they're a, a couple. They're very smart. They're in their 40s. Right. They have no kids. They've got double income. You know, double income, no kids. We call yeah. it dink. Yeah. Yeah. He's gonna ride the shit out of that Stella. Of course he is. And then he's yeah. gonna buy another bike off you. Yeah. So. Yeah. And realistically, <coughs> uh, you know that I've been able to ride more Gucci's late lately. It's a it's a definite different thing. I'm uh, I'm a fan, a quiet fan of V twins. Uh, mm-hmm. I've loved my Buells that I've owned. I love my uh, Honda. Uh, my Superhawk, I really did enjoy it. I got the biggest kick in the world out of riding that Superhawk around. And uh, I do like the power delivery of a V-Twin. Do you still have that Buell? Yeah. Yeah. I got to take that up for a Is ride. that a fun bike? Yeah. I, I haven't ridden yeah. it yet. I need to ride that. Yeah, that's one of those bikes that you just never really trust it. You're always kind of waiting for it to throw you in a ditch. Yeah. And it has a certain... There's a visceral appeal to it. It does not do anything great. But what it does do is be itself. It is a hooligan bike of the first order. I just remember trying to keep up with you on yeah. that on a on a CB three fifty. Oh yeah, I mean I'm pegged right. in, in, yeah. in fifth gear. I'm I'm hitting about yeah. eighty or something. We're going on Jaycox. You're doing like a hundred something in yeah. third gear. Yeah. It's it's not the world's fastest motorcycle, but it's just fast enough for the people that I ride with. The only reason I wanted to catch up to you was to. to I was like, oh shit! I the tracks are coming. The tracks are coming. Well, no, that the, the deer. There's oh, a lot of deer on that road. It's like, yeah, yeah, well. oh shit! The deer. The deer. The deer. Yeah. Sometimes after we get back from the first or second bar, we make bad riding decisions. That was your birthday. That was my birthday. Yeah. Yeah. That was my birthday. The, uh, the other, there's a couple of uh, yeah there's a couple of V twins. So I recently bought my wife another V twin. No shit. Really? Yeah. I bought her a. Newer Suzuki SV650S. Well, because I know she loved her other she one. She loves her blue. Yeah, yeah, her blue one. She loves it. It's been mentioned on podcast it before. Has, how much and she she's loves a that. Huge fan. She was going to come tonight, but actually, her doctor program's getting the better of her. But the uh, 
So oh, she that, had that this, whole learning thing. That whole higher education. Yeah, thing. that whole she's really smarter than us. Let her go out. <laughs> Let her go out and earn more money. <laughs> if going to, if, if sending Kent State University a lot of our money is gonna mean she makes a lot more money in the future, that's okay. I need to motivate my wife. What the hell? The doctor programs are, you know, they're down there. You can I can be here building motorcycles. <laughs> what the fuck? Just let her be the primary income. Yeah, I know. We call it being a beta male. If you can if you're okay mm. with being a beta male, you're probably all right. Mm. I'm fine if it, if it includes a lot of motorcycles, mm. tools, and a garage. Good. Yeah, you're good to go. I'm a beta male all day long. I found a Craigslist posting for an SV650S fuel injected. Nice. And so hers was carbureted. Hers was the 2002. And she loved it. Put a ton of miles on it. Had the you know the full British uh, top case. Not, not to cut you off, but yeah. please, please tell the story of when you bought that for her because it is one of the greatest stories I have ever heard. Well, there's that was the <clears throat> start from when you got on the plane. Uh, oh no, that was my GT. Okay, we that goes back a whole bike. I thought okay. that was the SV. No, that wasn't the SV. That was the that was the Honda Hawk, the GT650 Hawk. The the GT650. The one you bought in Texas, the one and that rode I bought to in Dallas, Texas. So I bought a bike. That was an eBay purchase. And I saw a bike for sale in Dallas, Texas. It was a Honda GT650 Hawk. I've always loved them. Uh, it's the right size bike for my wife. So I hopped a plane ticket, a cheap plane ticket to Dallas. Had the guy pick me up at the airport. Picks me up at the airport. No, go back. Go back. Go, ahead. go back to when you got on the plane wearing oh, your leathers so with I'm the helmet. Gonna, right. I'm going to be riding this bike back from Dallas. From Dallas to Cleveland. But... There's this whole thing, like, I don't want to check a bag. I don't want to do anything. So I have my tank. Well, because you got to drag it back on the motorcycle. Yeah, I mean, anything I'm carrying with me has to come back on the motorcycle. But I'm also not a savage. So I've got my tank bag, and I've got my little GPS, and I've got my, you know, uh, you know, little MP3 player. And I'm, uh, I don't want to <coughs> carry my leathers, because I'm going to be riding back from Dallas to Cleveland in, I mean, ultimately, it's... It's March. The weather could be anything when I get back to Cleveland. So I'm wearing leathers, uh, race track leathers, track day leathers. Yeah. And I got my helmet, and because I'm going cross country, so I've got my good helmet. I've got a that was a, a Suomi I had. So I had my Suomi, and I jump on the plane, and I'm wearing my leathers. <laughs> I'm wearing my bottoms, <laughs> and I'm wearing my tops, and I've got them. You know, they're not zipped together or anything. I'm not trying to be the Stig or anything. <laughs> And uh, but I have my uh, I have my helmet up on my head in the like uh, we like to call the urban turban riding position, and I'm carrying my uh, tank bag. And so I get on the plane, and as I'm walking through first class, uh, the people keep looking up at me like, "What the hell's going on?" And I was just like, oh, "The only thing that came to my mind as I looked down was," and so I looked at this one woman. And I went, "This will end badly." <laughs> <laughs> And realistically, in today's environment, I could probably get arrested for inciting violence on an airplane or some nonsense <laughs> or creating panic. But yeah, I flew to Dallas. The guy picked me up. I went and looked at this motorcycle, which he told me was ready to go and had just had a dealer service and the whole deal. What I found was a 1989 motorcycle that was riding on 1989 tires. These tires were checked out. I mean, they were awful. Uh, the oil stunk. I mean, this motorcycle was not fit. And I gave him the money. <coughs> to ride from Dallas to, to Cleveland. To ride from Dallas to Cleveland. I gave him the money. I went to the local uh, Honda dealer. And I had him. I, I, when I told him my story, 
I love motorcycle dealers. I am one and I love them. Because when I told him that I just bought this motorcycle off Craigslist, or off eBay, and when I told him that I had to ride it that day back to Cleveland, Ohio, in one day, uh, he said, I will put you to the front of the line. What kind of tires do you want? <laughs> and we uh, we shoehorned on some Pirelli Angels, I think they were, or, you know, something, or Dunlop Angels, yeah. Uh, we had whatever he had there that was good. So we put some new tires on it, and while he was there, I put threw an oil change on it because you damn well should if you're going to ride. Yeah. And that was the trip. I left uh, I left Dallas, and 16 hours later, I arrived in Cleveland. 16 hours from 16 Dallas. 16 hours, 16 hours and 50 minutes. And the important part of that story is that in the entire t- state of Tennessee, when I hit the Tennessee state line, there were three troopers in a truck stop. This is the part I wanted to hear. (laughs) And the three troopers are sitting in the truck stop, and I got my fuel, and I'm sitting there, and the guy looks up at me and sees me wearing my, you know, and my leathers weren't uh, vanilla icy. They were, they're they're all black. Yeah, right. So very conservative. And uh, so he looks up at me and goes, no, yeah. I see you got an Ohio license plate on the back of the bike. Now, meanwhile, the Ohio license plate was for a different motorcycle entirely, but that's what I took with me to bike home. Anyway, I said, yeah. He goes, yeah. I said, so I'm asking, just to be courteous, you know, uh, so you, are you riding to Ohio? And I said, I am. He goes, are you going to try to ride there t- today? And I said, well, you know, tonight. This is, I think at this point it might have been about one in the morning. And he goes, okay. And I said, well, how are the roads ahead? You know, is everything cool? Is, you know, is everything fine? He goes, well, he goes, we're the only three state troopers working. For the next 300 and some miles. <laughs> and I just got, I was like, that's a license to speed. And I did the only long ton I've ever done in my life. Wow. And I mean, a ton is doing 100 miles an hour. But a long ton is doing 100 actual miles in one hour. And so what I did was I left that gas station and I laid down on the gas tank and I just held it about 110 miles an hour. And I held it about 110 miles an hour as long as I could. And that motorcycle will normally get you around 125 or 130 miles before you should be switching to reserve. And uh, at 102 miles, I switched to reserve because my consumption my consumption was much higher at that high rate of speed. Yeah, really. So I pulled into the next gas station. And the great thing was I had my I have my fuel receipts to verify that I did over 100 miles in one hour. Nice. And it ended up being like 104 miles in one hour. So that's Holy the only shit. long ton I've ever done in my life. And uh, I can tell you that a long ton screws with your brain. Because after doing over 100 miles an hour for one hour, when you're slowing down on the exit ramp and you're down to like 35, you feel like you're standing still. Yeah, like you're going to fall Like you want to put your feet down Yeah, at 35 miles an hour. So it really is strange. But uh, that GT640, that Honda Hawk... I would love those bikes, and you know, I still have one. I've got, yeah. I got a silver one in my garage, and uh, I just love. Like I said, I'm kind of a, a you know, a, a fan of the V twins, and I just got Merritt this SV650S, which is fuel injected, and the previous owner was an Air Force geek, and uh, man, I love this guy. He put all the LEDs on it, so all the LED, all the lighting's LEDs. Nice. He did a fender eliminator kit on it. Uh, got great, you know, new tires, new Dunlops on it. And uh, but my favorite thing is heated grips. He's got heated grips on really? his V650S. Nice. And he's got the lower fairing. 
like the accessory lower fairing. Uh, silver bike in very good shape and picked up for a song. Like, you know, that's one of those bikes that I tell people all the time. I'm like, if you want to own a motorcycle, you can just do anything on it. Like, just the anything motorcycle. Track days, go cross country, commute back and forth to work, canyon carver, whatever the hell it is. SV650s are pretty damned bomb proof. Yeah, and it's the same motor they put in their sport touring bikes. Yeah, I mean, it's the, yeah. the same motor that you'll find in the V-Strom 650. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a very proven powertrain, and it just delivers power very well. It doesn't do anything poorly, and it's a great motorcycle for people who are into, like, you know, a bike that's going to cost you around three grand. Yeah. Scooter money. And oh, totally. it's going to give you the biggest smile on your face for a modern, reliable motorcycle. So uh, there's some talk that maybe James might be getting our old blue. Uh... Really? James says. I, I thought he swore off motorcycles. Okay. He said he's scooter only. Now. Yeah, he did say that, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. He made that point. And so I think the deal is, James has said that he's looking for a middleweight, all-rounder, 100% reliable motorcycle that he can ride to Milwaukee on, or <clears> ride to Cincinnati on, at the drop of a hat. Sure. Well, I just put brand new Dunlops on that. Uh, SD, Merritt's SD. It's got the top case. Uh, the bike has been proven. I mean, we've ridden it everywhere. Yeah. I mean, that that is a totally reliable machine. Uh, just had full services done. So, realistically, what I'm thinking is we might make James an offer he can't refuse on the blue seat, the blue SV. Man. And <clears throat> I'm riding this thing the other day, and it's snowing, right? I'd so, be damn near in the market for that bike. Oh, my God. Shit. Well, I'm riding this silver one. And I rode it to the shop in the morning. It was a nice day in the morning. <clears throat> but by the time I got out of the shop, it was snowing. Nah. And so it's snowing, and I'm on the bike, and I threw the, the grip heaters on. Having warm hands makes your entire body feel good. I can imagine. It's crazy. That's the only part yeah. of riding in cold weather, and I've done a lot of it. And it sucks. The, the only part that kills me is it's I can't hands. wear gloves thick enough. Right. I mean... When I ride in cold weather, I have snowboarding gloves. Yes, exactly. And I have the ones with little heat pockets that That's you can put the deal. in. Right. And yeah. nothing will yeah. make your hands warm. No, and I do that too. I have a good pair of uh, Tourmaster winter gloves, you know, extreme winter gloves or whatever they call them. Uh, I've got the Tourmaster winter elites is what they're called. They're not cheap. They're like 100 bucks. Yeah. And the Tourmaster winter elites, they are too thick to have good fingertip dexterity. Mm-hmm. They're just too big. So I end up using them as snowboarding gloves. Now, the gloves that I like are those deerskin gauntlets, which are thinner. Yeah. They're medium warm. They're not nearly as warm as the Winter Elites, but I stuff a hot pack in the back of each one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that keeps my hands pretty good. Heated grips? Holy crap. They heat your hands from where they need to be heated out. I had them on low, and they were almost too hot for me. Shit. And I rode home, and I was, like, thrilled. And I stopped on my way home at uh, uh, Close Quarters. Mm-hmm. And so I stopped at Close Quarters, uh, one of the smallest, top ten smallest bars in the world. Yep. Yeah. And I stopped at Close Quarters. and L- as Less I stopped, than a mile from where we are right now. That's right, yeah. I stopped for a quick one before I headed home. And the snow was actually steaming when it hit my grips. <laughs> I was like, that's nice. brilliant. So, uh, <coughs> top tip. Heated grips. Money well spent. Yeah. I was so impressed. And uh, Well, if you're going to ride in cold weather, you, yeah. you might as well. It really is nice. Yeah. It's a really good thing. So I'm really excited that Merritt's going to get this bike uh, that she'll be able to continue her you know, her commuting on, her sport commuting, 
on this really cool motorcycle. Nice. And, and it just, it's, it's a, you know, I'm not a huge fan of sport bikes. I don't like plasticky sport bikes. No, me but this one's, them. this one's inoffensive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's all one color. So that's a good thing. I, I, you, I don't care how you slice those bikes. They're more sport tourers. You know, yeah, because the the pedigree of that bike is right. to be and a, they a sport touring. Bike. Yeah, this particular one, the ass is pretty high up in the air. So if you had a passenger on the back, it would be thong time. Hmm. Uh, it's not good. And in fact, the the following year they redesigned it. They dropped the passenger seat lower. They did a lot to change the bike to make it less uh, street fightery. But this particular one is. Uh, yeah, it's that's the problem with sport bikes is they tend to be kind of like vanilla icy, you know. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, that's uh, yeah, ice cold is not the way you want to look when you're Ugh. running around. Uh, you know Ugh. what? That's that's going to be the next thing that comes back, though. It will be. Isn't it that it will be. Suck. Everyone, no, it already is. Because the fluorescent like shirts and stuff. <laughs> like, I saw somebody last year wearing like a Frankie says in the mm-hmm. giant print, mm-hmm. like the wham, wake me up before you go go kind of yeah. print, and uh, the choose life things. Like that stuff made a brief appearance last year. No, the the eighties sport bikes yeah. are are coming back, coming back as a vintage because they are technically technically they're vintage. Yeah, they're they're historical plates at this point, which is yeah. a little creepy. What no, would that be like an eighty eight? Eighty uh, seven? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Oh yeah. my god, that's a whole world of interceptors out there. Whoa, way too many. I, I rebuilt a, a set of carbs for a guy that yeah. had a 80-some ninja. Yeah. Yeah, there's a whole and, and, world of narrow, tired sport bikes out there. Yeah. What, 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 uh, how I got hooked up with him is yeah. I, I, I uh, worked with his sister. Yeah. And she's like, well, I know you're into vintage motorcycles. My So is my brother. <laughs> I'm like, okay, cool. What does he need? And by what, vintage, you were thinking 60s. By, by vintage, I'm thinking what I like to work on. You know, and 60s, vintage, 70s. Turns out he was thinking <laughs> somewhere in the mid-80s. Oh, yeah. It was mid-80s. It was a, it was yeah. a ninja yeah. uh, from the 80s. Yeah, so you were thinking Beatles, and he was thinking Menudo. Exactly. Totally. <laughs> and the funny thing was, he's older than me. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah, you know, he's got me by like three years. Oh, that's funny what passes for vintage, so it's, uh, it's wild. Yeah, it, you know, it, it, so I'm like, oh yeah, carbs rebuilt, no problem. Yeah. You know, so I get these these weird '80s ninja carbs, yeah. and uh, the needles were fucked on them. Oh, they, yeah. they were just yeah. done. Yeah, totally. And, and it turned out that it was in one of those weird periods of where the bike was transis- transitioning right. to a new bike. Yeah. To where they were made of unobtainium. Right. They don't exist. These needles don't exist. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So Best it, to find a wrecked one and salvage the needles from it. Yeah, it was a tough rebuild. Fortunately, he was selling the bike. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I rebuilt the carbs. I brought him back to his house. We got the bike running great. Oh, okay. Well, that's all you can ask for. Yeah, and uh, you know, took it around the block a few times. Like, mm-hmm. okay, runs good. Not pissing gas. Right. Doing well. And uh, it, he made a great buck selling that there yeah. on eBay. I saw a trailer the other day down on Lake Road uh, at the gas station at the corner of Linda. And uh, that trailer said uh, Lakewood or Cleveland Antique Motorcycle. Really? Preservation Guild Association or whatever. Now, you know, now, that's an important thing because mm-hmm. we talk about the difference between being a vintage motorcycle and being an antique motorcycle. True. Because that's 50 years, I think. I'm pretty sure that's a 50-year rule, minimum. Yeah, I don't even know what it is. An antique and motorcycle. Vintage changes changes all the time, too. Well, vintage is, I like to say with vintage, it's in the eye of the beholder. 
Yeah. Right? There's a certain amount of that. We like to think 25 years old to get historical plates, but it really is in the eye of the holder. I always think 30 plus. Yeah. It's fair. But antique, I'm almost certain, is 50. And that that means 1962, right? 63. Yeah. So 62. And I started thinking about that more about the antique thing because you know when you yeah. think antique motorcycle you think this is going to have a leather belt as a drive system <laughs> you know this, this is going to have uh, <coughs> this is going to have carbide headlights this is going to be something like with a constant loss oil system I'm going to need to pump the oil pump as I go down the road but I've got a Honda Dream that I ride that, that meets that criteria True. And you're sitting there and you're going, that Honda Dream is approaching 50 years old. And you're sitting there and you're going, wow, this is a 50-year-old motorcycle. And I just jump on it and ride it like it's just a motorcycle. I'm just going to go out for a ride on the Dream. Now, 50 years ago, though, and it's even today, it was way ahead of its yeah, time. it was way ahead of its time. But it's really fun to think about that. Um, you know, I like my Black Bombers a lot because they're older than me. Yeah. And so I really like riding bikes. Well, and they're great motorcycles. They're really fun motorcycles. Yeah, it's a really fun bike to ride. And, uh, yeah, I was thinking about that the other day. I was sitting on a dream, and I was like, wow, this motorcycle is approaching its 50th birthday. How cool is that? It's (laughs) it's almost 50 years old. And I know that I can jump on that bike right now and ride it. You know, that it will be completely reliable. It's kind of fun. So it's one of the reasons to get into the kind of these vintage classic motorcycles is... It's, I, it's I mean, cheap, I would, but I wouldn't have it any other way. Mm. You know, it's. I, oh my god, I, I love new bikes. I, I, you know, just any bike, whatever. Right. But I mean, these old crusty things that you see draped around my garage right now. Yep, my favorite bike is the one that got me home tonight. Mm-hmm. Whichever one that happens to be, if it didn't leave me on the side of the road, um, very thrilled about that bike. <laughs> well, and the great thing about the 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 old bikes, yeah. like these, you know, is that. If I do get stranded on the side of the yeah. road, I know I have a Gerber tool oh, yeah. that I could probably right. fix yeah. anything that's wrong with that bike. What are you going to do for ignition on your uh, CV750? I see that sitting there with its uh, with its innards all opened up for me. Uh, Pamco. Are you going to do the Pamco? Yeah. Excellent. Oh, yeah. It's getting Pamco. Excellent. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm sold. I, it, ever since I put the Pamco on my yeah. 350, done. Yeah. done. I'm doing, uh, you know, they've got the XS650 ones that work for the... Uh, CB450s as well. Yes, they so do. So we've got a customer that we're doing one of those for, and it's such an elegant system. And realistically, for the price of a points and condenser and everything else, the Pamco's <laughs> money-wise. Yeah, money-wise, you can't yeah. beat it because can't it, beat it. Yeah. If you buy those, uh, they call it the the ignition uh, rebuild kit or right. whatever that you yeah. you find on eBay. Yeah, yeah it's sixty bucks. Yeah. So for yeah. another fifty bucks, you can get the Pamco yeah. and be rocking. For, like for one hundred nine bucks, yeah. you get the Pamco, you're done. Yeah, I think that's the right way to go. I'm so happy now that they've got the the XS six fifty Yamaha kit. It's totally set up for the CBs. Yeah, well, that, that was the first kit he ever built. Yep. He, yeah. He built the XS six fifty kits, and they yep. started moving on. Yep. Did the the seven fifties, yeah. and then started working down. It's really a, it's such a brilliant system. Uh, it's so affordable. I mean, mm-hmm. anybody can afford to do it. And if you are looking at replacing your ignition system on your motorcycle for, you know, like you said, 60 or 70 bucks, throw in the extra 40 bucks and get a little electronic. Uh, oh, absolutely. That's really, it's such a brainless system. Uh, it's, it's set it and forget it. Yeah. It's a nice thing. So it's, that's, I was glad to hear that you're doing that with your bike. That's uh, Oh, yeah. It, that, that It changes the whole personality of the motorcycle. So 
Yeah, uh, absolutely, and it, it'll go on every bike I build from yeah. now on. You know, any any bike that I can put a Pamco ignition on, so it will go on. Yeah. Well, our friend Chad in uh, in Ace Motorcycles and Scooters in Chicago has got a uh, electronic ignition that has a socket on it that you can actually hook up to the USB on your computer. Really? Yes. Wow. And you can then adjust your patterns for your bike. So basically, doing some mapping for your uh, non-fuel injected motorcycle. Wow, so I was going to say that's damn near fuel injection. Isn't it cool to be yeah. able to adjust your uh, advance and retard based on how you want your power delivery to be? Uh, so if you've got a bike, are you designing or building a motorcycle that's going to be more of an off-the-line bike? The only other ignition I've seen like that is Bortec. Bortec, yeah. 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 And so this is pretty cool that you'll be able to go ahead and throw it on your laptop mm-hmm. and, uh, and very easily adjust that unit to give you let's just say you want a little more uh you want a little more grunt on the bottom end when you're launching mm-hmm. you know at around uh you know 3200 rpm then you could go ahead and uh you could dial in a, a little more retarded on that uh, hmm. or if you wanted a bike that's going to be your long distance highway hauler you might be able to put a little more advance on there and so that's great to give you something beyond normal factory parameters yeah uh, pretty cool. I think that's really smart. And to use that modern technology in these vintage motorcycles is very cool. I've got one of his units for a Honda CB750 at the hmm. shop right now. So really uh, good stuff that I love seeing new technology I, I love, yeah, for 30-year-old motorcycles, 40-year-old motorcycles. It's yeah, I, I, I love that there's that much respect mm-hmm. for, for that old bike. Yeah. Yeah, how cool is it that we're going to, you know, we're going to say, okay, what, well... Realistically, points and condensers, not the most problematic thing in the world, but still a weak link. Oh, totally. Right? Yeah, a weak link, and now we can address that with modern technology. That's very cool, and to be able to do it affordably and to do it, you know, install it in a couple hours. Yeah, and, and really cool. And actually, with the Panco, it's not installed in a couple hours; it's installed in about ten minutes. Realistically, yeah, it's about yeah. A, about a fifteen to twenty minute install. Yeah, and and I I always I get blowback. It'll take from, you longer to clean things up. True. Than it will take you to install it. <laughs> I get blowback from some people that are like hell bent on oh uh, points and condensers have always worked. They're uh, perfectly fine. Yep. But, but what did we see? What what happened to me the day I brought home the CB five hundred? Oh, we went out on a ride. Right. And what your, happened? Your points point slipped, slipped and so done. therefore on the side of the road. And I can guarantee that if I had an electronic ignition in the bike, that wouldn't have happened. Well, and with points, there's you get arc back, mm-hmm. you know, which is constantly changing your gap. Absolutely, yep. it, it's wearing down your points. It's right. it's the the arc is bad, and uh, you know you don't get that with an electronic it a, ignition. It was a great solution in the forties. True, you know, it's wonderful. Points worked great. Breaker points yeah. worked fine, but the fact that. You know, we've got these things that are so available to us. So uh, that's one of those things. If you're going to be building your motorcycle, don't overlook your ignition system because that's where we see a lot of the problems is we'll see a bike that's just, the points are just out of adjustment. The points are just worn out. Or there's a little piece of schmutz in there Mm -hmm. that's causing it to not hit every time. I don't know how many times I've been on a motorcycle forum and somebody's Mm -hmm. like, help, please. Oh, yeah. Left cylinder, not firing. It's like, it's your points, dude. You know, you want to test it? Pull your lead off your spark plug. Mm -hmm. Hold it an inch away from your spark plug. And what happens? All of a sudden, the cylinder starts firing again. Yeah. Yeah, it's a tough one. 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You peeing again? Yeah. Well, let's sign off. Oh, we're gonna sign off. Oh, yeah, cool. we should because we we're <laughs> we're we're into it. Are we into it? <laughs> oh, we're over an hour. Oh goodness gracious! <laughs> we should clip that. We should trim it back. All right, so uh, we're gonna do a quick sign off. Thank you guys so much for listening. Welcome back to the Cleveland Moto Podcast. I know we've been away for a long time. But we've been productive. We have. We've been building stuff. So we hope you've been building stuff too. We hope to come out and uh, see what you've been building. Come out and ride with us. Always look us up. Once again, it's Cleveland Moto is the website. You can now find us on www.clevelandmoto.com. Mm-hmm. You can also find us on www.clevelandmoto.blogspot.com. That's well. where you'll find this podcast. That's where you'll find this podcast. And uh, once again, it's worth every penny you pay for. All three of them. (laughs) Have a good night. Thank you for listening to Cleveland Moto. If you have comments or topic suggestions, you can leave them at our blog at www.clevelandmoto.blogspot.com or visit our website at www.clevelandmoto.com.